Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Welcome to our episode called Caffeinated Nation. You don't sound very caffeinated. Uh, I'm working on it. (laughs) I actually have not had the normal amount of coffee I usually do in a day yet. Me either. So I'm working on it. These espressos are really kicking it. Yeah. So today we are drinking wine. It's called Barista. It is a 2017 Pinotage from South Africa. And we also are drinking a little espresso on the side here. Just a little on the side. Just a little chaser. You know. Or pre. Maybe the wine's our chaser. I think the wine's is chaser because we've been sipping this. But we figured we're going to be talking about coffee. We're going to be talking about caffeine. We're going to be talking talking about if it's good or bad for you and what. And so we figured why not drink some coffee. Why the hell not? With our wine. I'm gonna Let's get crazy. It. Let's get crazy. Let's get cracking. All right. How do you do this? Jamie's, uh, she's cracking our bottle because it is a screw cap. Having a little difficulty. Oh, oh, oh here we, we go. go. Okay. Loosened it up. We haven't done. I can't do it. All right, I got. I'll do it. I got you. I got you, girl. She still has the cast. Still challenged. Um, There we go. (laughs) I was trying so hard to do it that way too. So this is our first Pinotage. I want to pour though. That we've done. So cute. Um, Pinotage is usually only from South Africa. Oh. Yeah. It's one of their signature wines. It's. it, It was actually developed in South Africa. Yes. It was. Developed in 1925 as a cross between between Pinot Noir and Cinso, which or is Hermitage. Uh huh. Yep. And it was actually made in a lab. Test tube wine, baby. <laughs> kind um, of. Kind of. They yeah. he like cross pollinated these two. Yeah. There. So there are characteristics from both. Oh, I'm totally getting the acetone. So sometimes. What. It's so sometimes Pinotage is criticized for some of the smells and flavors that you might get that are not as wine worthy, I guess. So acetone is one. Banana is another. Too ripe of a banana. You want to cheers? Yeah, let's All cheers. Right, let's cheers. Cheers to our first Pinotage. So that's Cafe Ole. I'm just saying, not really. That's interesting. Let's give it a sec. It Sorry. is really smoky. Oh, totally. And that's what you're going to get from the Cinso because it yeah. tends to have more of that meaty, gamey, smoky flavor. And it also, so one of the weird things about this is that Pinot Noir, we know, we've talked about Pinot Noir ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. It really does well in those cooler climates because it has that thin skin. But this, because it's mixed and bred from Hermitage or Cinso, sorry, I shouldn't say Hermitage because that's Syrah, Hermitage. Or Senso. There you go. That has a thicker skin and does really, really well in these moderate and hot climates. And so reason why this was developed in general was because the South African government in the Cape was like, hey, Dr. Perel, we would like for you to find another grape that we can grow here because we don't have enough to offer and we want to be part of the wine game. And so Professor Abraham Perel was like, all right, shit, like, let's see what's going to work. So he like presented all of these options and... The government was like, no, 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 no. So finally he decided, screw it. I'm just going to get it. Screw cap. Screw it. He's like, I'm just going to make my own. And so he decided to blend this because with the hopes of it being most adaptable and suitable for this hot climate that they get in South Africa. So 
We're going to get a little bit of a blend from that finicky grape yeah. that has a really good flavor that a lot of people love. A lot of people love Pinot like Sarah. I do. And then the Sinso gives more of that meatiness to it and that girth. Yeah, so this was also girth done... Girth is at, a weird word. Girth is a weird word. This was also done at Stellenbosch University. So um, they they say it's from the Stel- like the original is from the Stellenbosch region. This is young. It's young. Yeah, it's 2017. Yeah. So do you want to hear what Karen McNeil has to say? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's worth noting that she has a very subjective it's worth noting. viewpoint of Pinotage. I think this is the most outspoken I've read from her. From the Wine Bible, indeed. Yeah. Okay. She talks about where it's from, which we've already talked about, that it was first bottled by the Stellenbosch Farmer's Winery in 1959. Then she says that it has a second-class status in South Africa. <laughs> And many examples are made without a lot of care or attention to cleanliness, taste lackluster at best, and are packed with Brettanomyces, which are like the acetone, Bananas. ripe banana, like unnatural flavors. Mm-hmm. While it may seem surprising, South Africa produces a quantity of Pinotage that is basically, so basically it's just to this region only. Um, but she's not... She does not dig it. I mean, that's... On paper, Pinotage actually seems relatively appealing to me, I'll say. Yeah. It's a very dark-skinned grape. It typically ripens early, so I'm sure that in those hot climates, it is going to turn pretty quickly. And so they basically need to get out there and harvest it ASAP. Usually has high sugar levels, leading to higher alcohol. And for this one, it's interesting because the bottle says 14% ABV, the sheet from the wine, the winery itself actually says 13 and a half. So, you know, give or take a percentage, I guess. I have no idea. It's also very tannic. And the winemakers will sometimes limit, like, the contact from, like, the skin. In the maceration time, they'll limit that so that the, tarnins, the tannins are not as harsh. But they could also throw it in some oak and try to let the tannins soften that way. Okay. To Karen's point and what you just described, it can be prone to some significant faults. Number one being volatile acidity, which makes wines taste vinegary and turned and just really unpleasant. And so the Pinotage winemakers have actually messed around a little bit with fermentation temperatures. Red wines are typically fermented at a higher, relatively significant higher temperature than white wines. And so that is going to be, you know, a contributing factor to what it ends Mm -hmm. up tasting like. Mm -hmm. The other one, as you mentioned, is more of the acetone, like the isoamyl acetate. I could have butchered that, which can make your wine smell like paint or bananas. And it's super scientific, and I don't understand the science because I'm not a scientist. So, Karen McNeil's not the only critic. I would argue that Pinotage is probably one of those acquired tastes because it's only found in South Africa. But South Africa has some really good wine. Uh, That's fair. So, British Masters of Wine in 1976, when it was first kind of coming out there, called it hot and horrible and compared the taste to rusty (laughs) nails. So it fell out of favor. Um, <laughs> let's but, let's do a, you want to do a quick tasting uh, rundown in the ta- in a minute oh. in the past decade the quantity and demand has grown excessively and their producers are trying to have a more bright and juicy expression of the variety that shows off the fruit rather than the oak. So okay, so, so this their- wine this wine was developed by a dude who is known as Starbucks. 
The barista. Yeah, the barista. He's known by Starbucks. His name is Bertus Fori. However you really pronounce that. I'm so sorry for butchering it. And he is dubbed Starbucks because it's a coffee-styled version of Pinotage, South Africa's signature grape. Now, it says here that the taste is a burst of intense, rich coffee and chocolate aromas with nuances of ripe mulberry, plum, and maraschino cherries. It's obviously been oaked because they then add that there's a sweet aroma of vanilla following through, and it melts with the soft, luscious tannins. So again, the, the tannins are softened because this is a very tannic wine by that oak fermentation, or I'm sorry, oak aging, which is also where we get that vanilla. But I'm, I'm going to say I get a lot of meatiness, as you described, Sarah. There's a lot of smokiness on here. I can get hints of coffee, not mocha. It's like straight up ground coffee bean. Yeah, I smell it. Like ground coffee that's been sitting there for a while. You mean like ground coffee that's been brewed and the dregs of the coffee have just been sitting there for a while. Mm -hmm. I think that I do pull a little vanilla, but it's like a bitter vanilla. I actually think that this might have some of that acetate situation going on. It's like or, or that slight vinegariness. I feel like the acetate and the and the paint. I, I do get that. We're having a little bit of the fault shining through here. Yes. It's still a dry wine. They say it tastes like mulberry and chocolate and maraschino cherry and plum. Maybe plum, I could get that. The maraschino cherry, when I hear or read maraschino cherry, I, I immediately it. think of a Shirley Temple. I love maraschino cherry. I do too. I and I'm not, not pulling that, that here. This is more like a black cherry, if anything, but one that is either underripe or way overripened, just hanging there and just needs to be picked and discarded. So I'm going to be honest, I'm not getting much fruit on this. I No, I agree. That's where it's challenging. It's, it's a lot of, um, I'm getting a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke. I'm curious. I'm in so a it, smoker with old coffee and <laughs> smoker and, as in like, you're going to smoke some meats. Yeah. Like, I'm like, a, a, no, 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 not a cigarette. Like I'm in like okay. a meat smoker. I'm getting that with like some old coffee. Like that's the blend that I'm feeling here. I don't, yeah, again, I don't feel, maybe you could argue that it is slightly more mocha only because it's a bitter flavor, but there's, there is this acidity that to me just doesn't belong. It's like if I look at the equation, right? So I look at the color, I look at the tannins, I look at the body, I look at the sweetness. This, the acidity is like the outlying factor that just does not balance well within everything else that's there. So I don't know if that is contributing to it. And that's also making it feel more, taste more vinegary. Yeah. <laughs> they say that you should pair this with seared duck breast, crispy pork belly, or your favorite pizza, or a blue cheese filled brandy snap. I don't know what that is. I don't know what a brandy snap that is That kind of sounds good. Uh, with chocolate and roasted coffee beans. What the fuck's a brandy snap? I'm not sure. Blue cheese filled brandy snap with chocolate and roasted coffee beans. It must be a South African thing. It's gotta be because, so well, I mean, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had Pinotage before that I've enjoyed. We have also had a really aggressively tannic Pinotage together. Yeah. And that was like, we said it was going to like suck our faces off. That of was our, true. Or this our mouths off like of our that, faces. But... This is, I agree. This is not tannic. I think it's softer tannins, but man, this is a bit, this is a bit challenging. I think that this is. How much was it? Did we look at it? We it's looked like at it like $14. $14. Okay. 
Probably not one of the better ones. <laughs> I'm just going to come right out and say it early on. But you know what? Let's keep drinking. I don't think it's going to grow on Let's keep drinking I'll, something. I'll... We'll drink something, and we're going to talk about a caffeinated nation. Yeah, so we are drinking, <laughs> we are drinking coffee. <laughs> we're drinking coffee. Um, maybe we should talk a little bit about the coffee real quick that we're drinking. Yes, it's um, an espresso. We are drinking Nespresso. We have two different kinds. Um, we have their Kazar, which I'm drinking. Which and is a ristretto coffee. Which we just learned, or I just learned, really what that means. And what does it mean? Oh, shoot. Okay, so it means that it is the same amount of coffee as a regular espresso shot, except it's ground much more finely, and it has half the amount of water mm-hmm. to produce it. So it's super strong. Like, if you need, like, a big, like, bam in your face, bam, this is going to be it. Do you know what that reminds me of? Bam! Emerald? Yeah. Emerald Legacy. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm drinking the Arpeggio, which is... You are. Something... It's not the same. It's not a ristretto. No. Um, the Arpeggio is a full-body blend from Central and South America. Um, they have... A, it's a long roasting uh, time that d- makes it have some cocoa and roasted notes. Yeah. Um, it is... Typically characteristic of Costa Rican coffee, it's supposed to have a little fruit and malt profile in mm-hmm. it. And it's full body, and it's that full body is developed from finely grinding the beans. Yeah. So you've got some subtle and cocoa, I guess. I mean they're both they're both good. They are they are very different. They even smelled mm-hmm. different. And so I think that, you know, much like we like to do with wine, it's just compare things side by side, especially when they're supposed to be the same varietal or thing, right? Coffee beans. They're all coffee beans, but there are differences from terroir. Terroir. Uh, and so, roasting stuff. So as we're drinking coffee, is it good for us? Yeah. I mean... Is there any health benefits that we could be experiencing? Health benefits? Yeah. We can definitely have some health benefits. I think that some of it is good because we are able to... Well, okay. Hang on a second. Can we just... Back it up. Be completely honest. Okay. I cannot function... Mentally, without coffee. So how much coffee do you drink in a day? I'll usually drink, well, it depends. So my coffee pot probably tells me that I drink like six cup of cups of coffee, but I think those are like four ounces each, or six ounces, in like the regular coffee pot, a standard. Okay. My big Starbucks mug, which is like 16 ounces, is, I probably fill that one and a half times. Okay. It's not too bad. I'm trying to do math. 24 ounces. Okay. So that's usually what I'll do um, because beyond that, I typically, if like I have to have it totally black in the morning and then later in the day, usually I only drink coffee later in the day if I'm actually in the office and because I need to stay awake for the train so I don't fall asleep on the train and miss my stop. <laughs> but I, I literally cannot survive without coffee that's in rough, the morning. Huh? It's really challenging. Yeah. I get the headaches. I should probably, you know, curb that habit, but... Or should you? Coffee is is meant to do some good things, but too much coffee, too mm-hmm. much caffeine is not good. But yeah. Sarah, do you you have you have quite the setup here? Yeah, we have. I have a coffee maker that grinds the beans and then brews the coffee. Mm-hmm. We have um, a French press, which is Adam's favorite way of making coffee, and then we have an espresso machine. We do have another espresso machine that's brand new in a box. Have not opened that. 
Um, You'll add it later. We'll see if we need it. <laughs> and we also have a Turkish coffee set up. Oh. So. I'd say you're pretty grinder. caffeinated house. We're pretty, we're pretty into the coffee. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I have to have my coffee in the morning. I typically have like a travel mug's worth and then I might have another small, there's a Starbucks where I work. So I might, not that Starbucks is the best coffee, but it's better than some of the other coffee offered at work. So sure. I might have a tall, just black. With a little bit of cream. Or Just milk. a little bit? Yeah. Um, in the middle of the day. Sometimes. Not all the time. So, I, but yeah, I agree. I need my coffee. Okay, so now that we know that both of us are like absolute caffeinators, <laughs> let's talk about some of the benefits that we should be reaping from all of this caffeination by mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're going to feel, we should be feeling more energy, more alert, uh, you could argue it might make you smarter because you're more alert and you can pick things up a little bit more quickly and think through things um, maybe a little bit more constructively. Yeah. Um, some of the other benefits, it actually has an increase. Uh, it contains essential nutrients. And then we can also find possible benefits with a reduction in the risk of type 2 diabetes and also apparently Alzheimer's or dementia. Right. But is that... a th- an effect of the caffeine or the coffee? I think that might be from the coffee because the coffee yeah. is what actually has those types of nutrients and things from the coffee beans and how it's produced and processed. And that being said, there are differences. This is one of the things that we're going to talk about is the differences in, in caffeinated drinks and the health benefits versus the risks that are associated with some of them. We obviously don't want to drink too, too much coffee. There's, there's a whole thing about, you know, all in moderation that could be applied to wine. It could be applied to coffee and other things in life. So there is an article, Sarah, I think, or a journal article. Yeah. So before I get into that, I'm going to just talk a little bit about the whole diabetes and other things. That oh yeah. Do. So for the diabetes, um, it might have to do with the fact that the coffee can actually help with insulin resistance. Oh. Um, and there was actually a study in 2014 by Harvard researchers, and they saw that those who increased their coffee intake by more than a cup a day over four years had an 11% lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Um, so, and then those who decreased their intake had a 17% higher risk. So it might have to do with the oh, coffee really? helps control... Um, insulin resistance, glucose metabolism, that type of thing. Parkinson's disease symptoms, It's there's been some evidence that it can reduce your r- risk of developing Parkinson's d- disease. As you just dis- talked about Alzheimer's, it can slow the progress of dementia. Um, and this, this is uh, because patients that have or people that have mild cognitive impairments, that can be a precursor to severe dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And when researchers evaluated those people who, whose their blood levels had the caffeine amounts equivalent to three cups of coffee were far less likely to have full-blown dementia than those who consumed little or none. Um, they might have some beneficial effects on the liver. What? what? Wine drinkers unite. Yeah. Uh, potentially decreasing harmful liver enzyme levels. And then it actually can help promote heart health. So there's been several studies that have shown that people who drink even up to five cups of coffee a day have a lower risk of heart disease than those who drink none or more than five. 
So again, there's your like. Oh, I see. Five is like the cutoff. Yes. Yeah, so you start to see you see, start to see a reduction in the benefits once you get over that. It's not quite a bell curve, but once you get over that hump, it's yeah, you start to narrow. Exactly. So you don't want to overdo it because too much caffeine can maybe increase your blood pressure and heart rate too much. That would be negative for heart health. But where you have that like sweet spot, well, again, that moderation, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. There's also been studies that have shown that it reduces risk of developing melanoma. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that was caffeinated coffee versus decaf or none. So there also is a oh. lot of... Um, it's, it's very interesting that it's been shown that sometimes decaffeinated coffee does not have the same effect as caffeinated coffee. And again, people aren't quite sure where that... Well, isn't it a mechanical... I'm sorry. It's a chemical process to remove the caffeine, the caffeine from coffee exactly and they think that that might it strips have something other things yes. or adds chemicals that exactly. may have adverse effects exactly yeah. um so i think that you know and obviously we're talking straight up black coffee we're not talking anything like it's not your frappuccino at starbucks with all that added sugar and fat you know it's not you know that like Three shots, mocha, macchiato, Don't froth. get me started. I love mochas. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of sugar. But the thing, that's, okay, this is a whole other episode. But that's the whole thing. I feel like Starbucks and other companies like it are very, they are at fault because they have essentially made Americans and the population at a minimum in the U.S. addicted to all of the sugar and feeling that they need all of this extra sugar. You know, it's like how they say like old people just automatically throw like salt and pepper on shit because they can't taste anything anymore. Coffee shops are doing the same thing with their coffees, which used to just be black and throwing on a whole bunch of extra shit that we don't need. Yeah, but people buy it. I know, but it's your trait. Like we're being trained to seek that out. Sorry, so, again, other podcast. A Starbucks Fenty white chocolate mocha. Don't. Do you want to know how much it has? Wait, can I guess? Okay. What did we say? You said a venti, Starbucks. White chocolate mocha. Is it skim milk or is it 2%? No, I'm just talking about the regular. Okay, so it'll be 2% because that's like your standard if you don't specify milk. Okay. Um, I believe that the grande has 410 calories in it. And the fat, I thought, was something like 9 grams of fat for the grande. So the venti is almost just under double we're going about like 700 calories roughly and probably 15 grams of fat. How much sugar do you think? Oh, I'm going to guess it's close to 30 grams of sugar in the venti. So how far off am I? You are not so far off with the calories. It is 580 calories, 22 grams of fat. 15 of which are saturated. And I now, got the 15 right on that. You okay. did. Okay, the sugar is where it gets really crazy. Oh, no. 75 grams of sugar. In the... What? Yes. 75? Do you know That's three-eighths of a cup. Okay, so imagine like you're baking, everybody, and you have... Well, you have a half a cup, basically. You just it's fill crazy. it just below the top line. <gasps> That's gross. Like you can have dessert that a lot of dessert has less calorie or less sugar and probably less calories. Totally. Than that. 
You can get a scoop of ice cream way healthier than that. I can't even. This is why when I go to Starbucks, I typically ask for half the syrup. So anyways, a plain okay. cup of brewed coffee, black, it's is like two calories. calories, Okay. no fat, no sugar, right. nothing. So if you can't drink it black, stick with like your low fat, low calorie, like skim milk or just well, even, even a little, you know what? Even a little bit of cream. Yeah, I was going to say. That's what I do because then you're not, it's na- It's like, you know you're you're getting. Well, because like, the same thing, you have to process the milk in order to take out the fats. Mm-hmm. And so also if you, if you care to go into the grocery store and just go side by side by side and look at skim versus 1% versus 2% versus whole, you're going to see the sugars are higher in that skim milk already. And so because they have to replace the fat with something to make it taste palatable. So that's why even though cream is technically bad for you just because of the fat content and whatnot, it's the most pure form of it. And so that's why it's actually technically healthier because you could argue that you need less of it in order to... Well, as long as you're just getting the plain, regular cream and not like... You know, the flavored creams that have a bunch can we just, of Can we just talk sugar. about what you should or should not put in your coffee? Right? I know. That's what this episode should be about. <laughs> so other things to think about in terms of, um, you know, the benefits of coffee. So if you have acid reflux, then coffee might exacerbate that. So maybe not the best idea if you do have heartburn or acid reflux. This is really just for adults. It's not like this applies to kids or pregnant women. No. So for pregnant women, it's been shown that excessive amounts of caffeine. I think one cup a day now is the standard. Um, I think I saw something advice. like four hundred milligrams. So yeah. whatever that equates to in ounces, I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure it's one cup a day that a pregnant woman can have now safely. Anything more than that can increase risk of miscarriage and things like that. So something to watch for. So this doesn't apply to everybody. Um, also, if you have insomnia and you're not getting enough sleep, you definitely Cut shouldn't it out. be drinking this because sleep is way important for health. Your body needs it to reset. Yeah. Um, and then more than four cups of coffee, coffee a day can be linked with calcium loss and osteoporosis. So something to think about for especially for us women um, who have a higher risk of osteoporosis that anything more than four cups a day, can you can start having leaching your calcium from your bones not a good thing either so again it's that moderation um now question is does this effect apply to all caffeinated beverages no no (laughs) no no like if i have that mountain dew oh shit that stuff is going to knock you on your butt i used to work with somebody who drank like a Mountain Dew, like it was water. So I got every through, morning he would have a Mountain Dew. I got through residency at living off coffee and diet Mountain Dew. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's okay. You you know what? You've grown up. Yeah. You've become wiser. So no, it's definitely not created equally because especially we talked about that some of the benefits that come from coffee drinking is simply because it comes from coffee beans. Yes. Um, the caffeine itself is a does have benefits for sure, but caffeine from different sources behaves differently, and caffeine combined with other substances has more significant detrimental impacts to your health. Well, they're stimulants. Yeah. They're, they're unnatural substances, like you said. High sugars, High all sugar, of that. additives. There's a lot of reasons why... 
those things are not good for you. And you don't even know what's in the half those things that are in those energy drinks. Some of them are like stimulant amino acids that are in unnatural levels, unnaturally higher levels than anyone needs. And this can actually be harmful. Forget not having benefit. It can be actually harmful. harmful. Yes. So there have been a, a number of recent studies, I'd say, especially within the last couple of years, yeah. that really speak to these harmful effects of that caffeine plus X, Y, and Z. Um, And I think, you know, especially in society where we're broadcast and so many people just sort of throw at us like, oh, increase your workout performance and oh, do do this so much better and here's all these amino acids, which amino acids sound kind of good. I remember learning in biology freshman year in high school, like Mm -hmm. you need amino acids in your body and Mm -hmm. don't amino acids make up your DNA? Am I making that up? Yeah. Okay. No, they do. I remember something. There's also different types of stimulants in there, right? Exactly. So um, there's a lot of bad cardiac heart side effects from drinking some of these energy drinks. Um, and that's because, well, first of all, you have a lot of young people drinking this stuff. It's because they, well, I was going to say it's not, coffee's not really accessible, but let's be honest, half the time I'm at a coffee shop, it's just bombarded with, you know teenage to great middle schoolers yeah so i guess it's more accessible than it used to be but you're right they do drink a lot of this i even have i mean i have friends who that's how they got through college yep i think i've always been not to say that i've never drank you have you had energy drinks before i mean in college i did but no i mean recently no i haven't i probably haven't had a red bull um since I'd say probably my junior year of college or sophomore year of college when I blacked out because I had Red Bull vodkas. And yeah, that's a whole nother. I was talk. told that I was flopping like a fish. So ever since then, I haven't had them. I, I never like even understood them. the appeal to Red Bull because it tasted awful to me. But I agree. Yeah, I agree. So there was actually a study done that looked at people who consumed. Um, about, they, they looked at 34, this was done in the American Heart Association, 34 health volunteers, healthy volunteers between the ages of 18 and 40. They were randomly assigned to drink 32 ounces of one, one of two commercially available caffeinated energy drinks. So they didn't tell us which ones they were. Could have been a monster, could have been an, a Red Bull, whatever. Well, they probably, I mean, they probably don't want to necessarily call it out because it is also, I'm sure, applicable across the board. Yeah. And the placebo just contained carbonated water, lime juice, and cherry. That sounds kind of good. (laughs) (laughs) So they were drinking these within a 60-minute period, but no faster than one serving for 30 minutes. So they couldn't just chug them back to back. Um, And then they looked at EKGs. 32 ounces in an hour? People, People do this. They drink that and then they go work out or they drink that and then they go play sports or they drink that and, you know, they do think it's crazy. I can't. Then they took electrocardiograms or EKGs to look at the electrical activity in the heart. Um, That's the boop, 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 boop. I don't think anyone can see your finger right now. But it's the ups and downs, right? Yeah. Uh Yeah. Okay. Um, And they're looking at specific intervals that look at the length of time it takes the chambers in the heart to prepare to beat again. And they also looked at blood pressure, and they they did this at the beginning, and then every 30 minutes for four hours after 
people drank this. Okay. And the people who had the energy drinks had more electrical abnormalities on the on their um, EKGs, <laughs> and their blood pressure increased. Um, seeing that you know this increased blood pressure can cause heart failure, stroke, aneurysms down the line, and also they're at risk for life threatening heart rhythms with these EKG changes. These all seem very significant. Like they're not like they're not uh, what's the word? They're not insignificant. They're not like a meh. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just I'm not mm-hmm. gonna worry about it. It's gonna be fine if it happens. Like these are significant health yeah events. Also, besides that study, um, there's been studies that have shown that these teenagers that are drinking energy drinks have side effects like heart palpitations, insomnia, anxiousness, God, I wonder, pain. I wonder why Gen Z has a bunch of anxiety. It's like crazy. It's from the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's loaded, unlike coffee, it's loaded with stimulants, sugar, preservatives. Mm-hmm. Like, we unnatural amounts. Coffee, even though we're extracting it from a coffee bean and we're putting it in a concentrated form, it is all natural type ingredients. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these are not. You know, and they're adding sugar and they're doing all this stuff. And now there's warnings. So, like, people are not going to take this lightly, I think. Even the World Health Organization has um, started putting warnings out on um, the stimulant and negative properties of energy drinks. So it could be, it's also, there's a huge health risk combining with alcohol that hasn't been well described, but like you talked about. Oh, shoot. Um, you know, it's dangerous, guys. It's dangerous. You don't want to be flopping around like a fish. I honestly, I do remember <laughs> it happening. And yeah, Sean, Sean told me I was flopping like a fish. And he's like, I don't think that you should drink those anymore. Because we called them time travel in a can. Oh my God, that's so funny. Because you, you'd like black out. You like wouldn't know like what was going on. And apparently I don't know how to move my body when I drank it. So yeah, I, I very much think it's unsafe. And that's why I don't drink them anymore. And I am fearful even before these studies came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, again, not a particularly scientific person. But I'm yeah. fearful of what the long-term health risks and benef- like, well, benefits, but mostly the health risks are. Because that's... As you just described, it's so unnatural what is inside of those products. As opposed to coffee, which is, I'm going to go see the coffee plant or the coffee tree. I'm going to take the coffee beans off. I'm going to crush them. I'm going to roast them. I'm going to do all this stuff. Like, that is all natural. It's just like wine. Like, wine can taste like blueberries. They don't add blueberries. It's wine. Granted, there can be additives to wine. So I know we talked about that much before. but This is true. But truly, like when you think about it, if you're trying to put less fake stuff in your body, the route to go in order to gain more energy is either get more sleep or drink some tea or coffee or yeah. something that is of a natural origin and not this uh, synthetic um, substance or preservatives. Yeah. So there... there <laughs> There's also some studies that show they've studied coffee in people and they've mm-hmm. shown benefits. They've actually shown decreased mortality, meaning people die less after consuming coffee. There was a study done in JAMA, or the Journal of American Medical Association, that looked at about half a million people in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they did analysis of coffee intake 
through um, questionnaires, and they found that it was associated with a decrease in all-cause mortality, meaning that the more coffee you drink, not the more coffee you drink, because they looked at coffee intake up to eight or more drink coffee drinks, and they did not see any more benefit with like that median amount of coffee that you're mm-hmm. drinking. If you drink more, you're probably going to start seeing that harm harmful um, effects if you drink more than like we said five or more cups. But they saw that there was a decrease in how many people died from cancer, stroke, and heart failure and heart disease and things like that. So yeah. It was like, it was, the study was like from one to eight cups and the drop in, in mortality was about six to 14%, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, with all of these studies, I guess this is the important thing. It's something that you even just in reviewing these have, you know, reminded me of is that every time you hear a study being presented, know that it's limited information that's being shared, you know, information is being collated and Um, so that it's easier to disseminate to the layman, I'd say. But also, it has a very specific intent and and purpose. And so, like, the one article from the American College of Cardiology was studying up to three cups of coffee a day and saying that that was okay. Well, this one here from the Journal of American Medical Association is saying that, you know, you could potentially have up to eight cups of coffee. And so they studied that. And so... Everything with a little bit of a grain of salt, I think. But really, when you think about, when you look at the overall results and feedback that was obtained through all of these studies, I think you're going to find a commonality across all of them. Yeah, and I think you also have to keep in mind, and this goes for any study that's being presented in the news, just a lot of times people can pull things from that study and not necessarily look at the whole picture. It skews your And it your skews observations, yeah. your observations for sure. And do you really know what they're actually talking about? For example, this study that I just talked about is based on questionnaires. So you have to think and take into account like people's, right? are they filling it out correctly? Is it really a representation of how much they're drinking? Like is it really the same person who's filling out the survey? There can be... Um, you know, issues. But what I think it it does say is that it is safe to drink moderate amounts of caffeine or of coffee along with a healthy lifestyle. I think that's what we're saying. Yeah. Like it's, it's good. It's okay to do. It can help with weight loss. It's definitely a diuretic. Am I right? I'm right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there, there are a lot of health benefits and it's, it's that whole moderation sort of, it's, even like with a study, like if you take one element out of your daily living and out of your, you know, habits and health habits, you're probably, you're not going to be able to see what the full picture is. So um, everything in moderation, but you need to look at the picture on the whole in order to see, mm-hmm. is this really still something that I'm gaining benefits from? Or is this in combination with maybe my sedentary lifestyle or maybe with my super unhealthy um, ba- um, eating habits, do I need to like fix something about this? Because it could be also be sort of counteracting here. Well, and also you need to drink it in its purest form. Yeah. You need to not be adding a bunch of crapola. I like that tactical term, crapola. Crapola. And also, <laughs> like I said, I mean, you have to be really careful with the teens because actually... Some of the um, people in the United Kingdom, like the NHS, are considering restricting sales to children and and adolescents. Good for them. Not of coffee, but of energy Energy drinks. drinks. Yeah, because 
they, they feel like they need to regulate it because it's just, there's been issues with caffeine intoxication, withdrawal, like in these kids. And then with them mixing it with alcohol, it's even worse. I just think about like the size. Okay. So if we're talking about a great a middle schooler mm-hmm. or let's just say an eighth grade or freshman, we're talking 13 to 15 years of age. Their bodies are not yet fully developed. Mm-hmm. So their bodies are handling this very strong substance mm-hmm. mixed with a whole lot of other things. I just think, I mean, that is so unsafe. I can't imagine what the teachers must be going through. And yeah. I would certainly hope that schools don't sell those drinks. I, I don't think they do, but I mean, it's crazy. Oh, no, also, kidding. think about how you drink an energy drink. What do you, what do people do? Well, they're also do? significantly smaller in size. They're like those little, like. And what do people do with them? They basically chug them they and chug throw them. them out. Are you yeah. ever chugging a cup of coffee like that? If I do, it's really painful. No but. one is ever really chugging a cup no. of coffee, a hot cup of coffee like that. No. People are sipping it over a period of time. And that's the other thing. You're like chugging this intense amount of caffeine and whatever else is in there yeah. in a very short period of time. And your body is like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. So that's that's it's the like other zapping it issue. in so many ways. Um, but yeah, it's... There, you know, there is not even restriction on labeling on these energy drinks. So there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to that. But coffee for adults in moderation is a safer bet. Can be healthy and beneficial. Thanks, PSA Sarah. No problem. <laughs> no, I, I mean, truly, I, I've always been intrigued by this. And I, I think in my mind, I've always felt that coffee was a healthier choice. And I'm also partial to it just because I, I mean, I, I really love the smell. I love the whole like oh, feeling yeah. of it. It's, I love drinking coffee and reading my book or, you know, stuff like that. Just like I like drinking wine and reading a book. The best part of waking up is folders in your cup. I mean, who doesn't love that commercial? It's true. Not about, I mean, I'm not a Folgers person, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've become just like I've become a wine snob, I've also become a coffee snob. So I just like I do like supporting the smaller um, yeah. companies, like the ones, that, the local stores up here. I agree. And they, I mean, I don't love all of their stuff. It's all a crapshoot because they make like twenty different types of coffee. But I just like to try it all and see it. I mean, so there's a store down the street, a Hawaiian store that. Oh, I made Sean get me that coffee. It's so good. That, the dark chocolate one. No, I get the. Um, it's called like I can't. It's like a macadamia. No, that's it. It's chocolate macadamia. Oh, okay, is it? It's amazing. I, it's a. It's so damn good. Yeah. But again, these are like full beans, like coffee beans. Yeah, and we. This grind is them. not like I'm adding all of this extra shit in here. It just tastes like that. It's so good. It's so good. I don't know what they do to it, but it's amazing. And it's from Hawaii. It's really good. But I agree. The local places. Yeah. Like. Our local Collectivo and Stone Creek Stone and Anodyne. Creek. Anodyne has a really good one yeah. at the public market. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. All right. So, our takeaway with Pinotage on, isn't on that wine. great. But well, I've had some good Pinotage and South African wine in general. There's some really good South African wine out there. This was also stored for a little bit, like in front of my door. So, I, I, but I, you know, light mm. and heat can damage it. I'm trying to give it the Jamie, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> there's a lot of wine we drink from your place that has no problems. I'm just that's saying. also fair. Uh, no, I don't think this is a representation of South Africa. I don't think this is a representation of Pinotage. Even all Pinotage, I should say. 
But it is the perfect pairing with our topic. It is. It's just we didn't know that the wine was um, not perfect. Not that wine needs to be perfect, but I'm just going to go ahead and say I feel like I was licking a smoker. Not not, not a, like person a person smoking, smoker. Like the inside of a meat smoker. That's what I felt. That's how I felt. So anyways, until... Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Drink your coffee. It's a good thing we had some coffee here to drink. Cheers, DB peeps. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers Cheers from from the girls of DBP. DBP.